We're in a series called uh, Renewing Our Faith. Tonight, my topic is Renewing Our Hospitality, but uh, uh, we didn't pick this, this idea of renewing by, by accident or uh, with not much thought, but knowing uh, the past 18 months, the, the uh, things in our life that need a little more spark, that need a little more emphasis, that need a little more exercise uh, within us. And so tonight I've picked this topic of renewing our hospitality because I could be wrong. I think it may have uh, be a Christian grace or attribute that uh, we have lacked uh, the last 18 months, sometimes uh, not by choice, but it's certainly something that might need restarting within our uh, home or within our house. But, you know, but let me start by saying for many of us tonight, uh, I, I've already maybe used the phrase, but uh, we talk about church and we talk about going to church. You might tell others uh, that you went to church tonight. And uh, you may have, that's maybe been what you discussed with your kids. Don't forget we're going to church tonight or we're leaving for church at 6 o'clock or at 6.30. And so what comes to mind is this hour or two that you've given to this, uh, to this place, it's it's what you say sometimes, even when someone says, where do you go to church? Uh, it's become that uh, way that we've used it in sentences. So you're sometimes really describing a place, aren't you? You're describing uh, a location. You're de- describing a time slot. Uh, probably you're describing an activity. But uh, So we define church by the, a place, sometimes even by an hour. In fact, we... We'll talk about church that way and I don't know, and if you want to say raiding churches, uh, we'll talk in the past tense sometimes about a church we went to. We went to church over there and uh, we really liked that preacher. We really liked the singing at that church and so forth or uh, the church building. Uh, a lot of ways that we'll use the phrase church. But here's the thing. The word church in the New Testament, is rarely used in the way that we use the word. Uh, It never refers the word church directly to the actions or events of worship. Um, In other words, where where you go to church would be a confusing question to a New Testament Christian because of what the word church means to them. Are you going to church tonight? Used in that language would not really make sense to them. When you think of some verses that are most familiar to us in Matthew 16, 18 with Christ himself saying, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When when Paul in Acts 20 is addressing the Ephesian elders, he says, be shepherds of the church of God. And in Ephesians 5, 23, the verse that tells us Christ is the head of the church. And even Romans 16 and verse 16, the churches of Christ salutes you. So in the New Testament, you see the church is you. Uh, we might say the church is us. So we are not going to church in the New Testament since the way that word is used we would might be more accurately say, and we don't rarely say this, we're going to the church. We would, but in our mind, we're still thinking about the building. 
we're still thinking about the time and the location and the activity. Well, we might better say we're going to meet with the saints. We're going to the church, the people of the church at 7 o'clock tonight on Wednesday night. So basically it's saying it's not what we do, it's who we are. It's our relationship with each other. The church should be a mindset of, of who we are in relationship to each other with our love and with our connection. So I, th I think we know that. And lots of people who love each other are certainly here at McDermott Road. Uh, some of you are, are new to our fellowship. Some of you even may be a guest tonight. But those of you who've been here for some amount of time, your, your connection to the church is not necessarily the building or the Sunday morning service, although as good as or as practical and good as they may be to us, eventually we hope it becomes the church is the people to us. Uh, I love how we will take prayer requests in different settings, how we'll send cards to one another, how we'll fellowship with each other. And that is really also what makes a church great and is another part about what you remember about church. So uh, Wes this month has asked us in a sense to take a look at ourselves in the concept of the table or the common table and what takes place in these relationships with each other uh, when really we think about ourselves at a literal table at times with each other. What do we see when we look at the church at McDermott Road when it comes to that, when it comes to what has happened with you and someone else over a cup of coffee, some time spent with each other, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. You know, when you look at the church here in 21 years, uh, from maybe 200 folks to now our database has an active membership of over 1,400, from the modular building to now what's going to be three new structures and uh, there's concrete out there now so thankful for that but also when you think about the mission of the church here how that's grown as well in our connection with the work in Estonia now in Haiti and and I appreciate uh, the prayer tonight from John as we think about our brethren in Haiti by the way they everybody in the orphanages and the churches and the schools are are safe now uh, at the time for the time being, but also with our work in Nicaragua and South Texas and Mexico in 21 years, we've greatly increased with a lot of concrete items, things that we can see on paper or see physically to fulfill this the great commission that Christ has called us to, and we're obviously not Christ's church unless we fulfill what Jesus wants to happen because Christ wants people saved. He wants we might say people here. He wants people all over the world. So we're, in a sense, doing what the church is supposed to do here at McDermott Road. We meet. Uh, we worship. We teach, like we're doing tonight. We support missionaries. But what I'd like to say in regard to this concept tonight is that's still is not enough. That is not enough. It's not enough to have a great building 
to have great worship services, to have a lot of people, to have great Bible teachers and great mission work. There's an element of the church that's missing from that list. And if you don't have it, then the church you attend and the church that you're a part of, I would submit, is really not so special after all. In fact, I believe you're really still not the church if you don't have this element going within the fellowship. And this one item doesn't cost anything. There's not a budget item in our budget for what I'm describing. But I believe it's the glue that holds us together and adds to these other elements that we've just described. But I also believe it is what keeps people here. Because in the last 15 years, I've probably met with, honestly, about 500 households of people who have wanted to be part of the McDermott Road Church. And I know the excitement, I know the enthusiasm, the circumstances that bring people to a fellowship as they move locations or change congregations. But we have to know realistically, and I haven't done the numbers, but when I have done a newcomer's class, uh, sometimes I will tell them, in reality, a year from now, some of you will not, will not be here if statistics hold true. And there are certain things that have to happen, I think, within a newcomer's beginning or walk in Christ, or certainly walk with a new congregation. And that is this bond of coming together. And you say, well, what exactly is it? Well, it's what my wife and I experienced this past Monday night, and it's what we're going to experience again uh, this coming Friday night. And it's exactly what has already been mentioned, even by Wes. We sat at a table, and we're going to sit at a table with Christians, fellow brothers in Christ, and share some time over a meal. And we talk about things that are important to us, and we do that within the context of the church. We are a small part of the church. In fact, maybe we could say we're going to church on Friday night. Uh, Tyrone and Verna Harris have invited us to dinner. We're looking forward to that. You see, no church funds are spent that way. Great meals certainly take place. But what happens is it's a renewal or a refresher of common love for each other, the common bond that holds us to the Lord. And I believe that is what a church has to have or cultivate and nurture and sometimes give intention to, to keep the connections, to keep the glue within the fellowship of the body when we have relationships with each other outside the walls of this building. And so in asking the questions with some of the great lessons we've had, are we going to renew our strength in 2021? Well, I would say if this element of the church is not present or doesn't renew itself, there's, there's going to be a lot of difficulty renewing our strength as we go forward. And I know, as I said, 
that's only one element. And there are these others I don't want to minimize, these very important things that draw us to church or draw us to the church and being with one another. Uh, great preaching, great singing, a great youth program. And yes, we have all those things. But again, what if you had them all, but yet you were at a congregation where really no one spent a lot of time together with each other? Then I think you have formal Christianity. And a huge part of what the church really is, is missing. I've really appreciated Wes's sermon this past Sunday. If you missed that, then I'd encourage you to go back and watch that. This coming Sunday is another good element of our church called Life Groups. And I appreciate, you know, basically about 14 years ago, our elders uh, wanting that to be a part of our fellowship where we do have these connections in homes with each other. And if you're not part of one, then please let me help you with that, with an invitation even this coming Sunday. But I have to admit, in 12 years of education in Alabama, the only foreign language I learned, besides English, was in second grade from Mrs. Goff. And I came home from school one day and told my mother I could speak Spanish. And I said, mi casa es su casa. And my mother, with 12 years of education in Tennessee, didn't understand me either. But you know the phrase, my house is your house. You are welcome at my house. I've never heard it used in a context in a Hispanic home. But I've, all of us have become familiar with it. But of all people who should say to one another, you know, my house is your house. My table is your table. Would it not be the body of Christ? Would it not be we within the fellowship here, even here at McDermott Road? In fact, as, as you know, if, if you've gotten the email or noticed the announcements, you know, we've already planned to intentionally have a Sunday on July 25th to uh, spur us on to inviting someone to lunch or to dinner. There's nothing on the church schedule that evening, so a 5 o'clock meal is, is just as good as lunch. In fact, today I already got an email from a, a couple who placed membership about six weeks ago, and I know they hardly know anybody here, but they said, could you send us some names of some people to invite to lunch on the 25th? And there's others who are already reaching out to me as well. You know, with the age I'm at, it's easier for me to throw out the phrase, I remember the good old days. And uh, bear with me, maybe it's just my imagination, but I, I want to say Sunday lunch was a bigger deal back in those days. Uh, that it wasn't uncommon, certainly for you to go home for lunch, and for your parents, or maybe you're thinking back to your grandparents, for them to have invited someone to Sunday lunch, there was enough for that. There was enough prepared. And, and I do distinctly remember the occasion where Laura and I were visiting at a church more than once and simply uh, met someone who invited us to lunch that very day, and even back at their home, because they had lunch prepared for them 
uh, and for others. And there's uh, certainly opportunities that, that present themselves. I mean, I think we live in a restaurant mecca, so there's nothing that prevents us from having, in fact, my motto around here is so, so many restaurants, so little time, right? Uh, there's uh, nothing wrong with the invitation being we'd like to take you to lunch on July 25th or can you meet us for dinner at such and such on July 25th and just host someone at a restaurant. But let me seriously ask this question, and I think this is what will bring it home. Again, because of the environment that, that you and I have been in the last 16 months or so, when was the last time you had someone over from the church family to your home for a meal, other than perhaps your best friends? Or when was it when you intentionally asked someone out for a meal? How long has it been? And for some of us, uh, we may have some difficulty remembering when that took place. And I realize some of us here, that, that's uh, not necessarily our nature. In other words, it's, it's <laughs> as we reflect back, maybe over our entire lifetime, that's, that's hardly ever happened because it's just not something uh, that we've added into our habits. So I know it might be a funny question for some, uh, but I, th I think of as I complimented you families with children, uh, for, I know for you in particular, you might be saying, well, if, if you knew our schedule or if you knew the way my house looks on Sunday as I'm trying to prepare for Monday or with the, all the events that my kids are going to, do you actually mean to cook for someone, to cook a full meal? And like, when will the planets ever line up, you know, for that to happen as if... Um, that's not the case, but you see, we, in the midst of describing, again, if, if, if our culture has changed or moved away from this Sunday fellowship meal being now excluded from our schedules, from our lifetime, are we not also perhaps victims of what our culture has done to it, pandemic or not? You see, we, uh, we have moved to uh, age, an age where even our communication is, is less formal, much less our, our fellowship over a meal. Uh, I will email Wes, who's across the wall from me, and ask him a question, and he'll email me back, you know. I, I could, instead of just talking to him. Uh, we have created, in a sense, distances between us, just from our phones. How, you know, when we go out to eat, uh, maybe do you, do you sometimes judge, do I put my phone on the table, do I not? You know, do I really need the phone while I'm sitting here having lunch with, with someone and so forth? And so our culture has, has created this within us as well. But I know you and I wouldn't have to look far in the New Testament to know what the church was like and the way the home is emphasized and the way... Sharing a meal is emphasized, but I just want to run through some passages that I think wake us up to what the church was like uh, when they began to have this idea of fellowship with each other. When they thought of the church, they thought of people they were developing relationships with, certainly outside of worship and absolutely outside of a church building because they rarely existed. But the first would be Acts chapter 2, uh, the very first church, 
In fact, what happens in Acts 2, 40, beginning in verse 42, almost seems to be the very next day after these 3,000 are baptized, when it says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. In other words, that's the receiving of, of food with each other and the relationship that began right away. Even Cornelius, when he was converted as a Gentile from the Jew Peter, along with those companions who traveled with Peter, uh, Peter says, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain uh, for some days. So immediately that bond of fellowship uh, was created uh, even through Jew and Gentile. In Acts chapter 12, when Peter is released from prison, Peter knows exactly where to go. It says, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. That was the home was the place where the church was together. In Acts 16, uh, in Philippi, Paul knows that uh, there's a group meeting for prayer down by the river. And so he goes and meets Lydia. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. And then in Acts 16, when Paul encounters the Philippian jailer after the earthquake, it says, And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in this house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. And then Paul in Acts chapter 18, he's leaving Athens and arriving at Corinth. It says he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them because he was of the same trade and he stayed with them and worked for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. And then... In Acts chapter 21 and verse 8, uh, this seemed to be a natural event in Paul's life. He's leaving Ephesus and on the way to Jerusalem. It says, On the next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Can you imagine all the homes that Paul ended up staying in uh, through his Christian work? And this next passage should say, uh, 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 19, the verse there is accurate. It says, The churches of Asia send you Aquila and send you hearty greetings in the Lord. And finally, in the letter to Colossae, uh, Laodicea is a very close town nearby. He says, Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church and her house. You know, the value of the home <laughs> in the New Testament uh, cannot be underestimated. The value of, of the meals 
that were shared and how they impacted the life of the church. It's where they simply got to know one another. It's where they shared life. It's where they shared scripture. It's where they shared prayer and spiritual conversation. And that's, that's certainly what we hope, as I said, hopens, happens in life groups. But if I may say this, our, our life groups, again, were, were intentional. They, to participate in a life group kind of forces that to take place. It, it moves us to this type of relationship, which is what we desire and what we wanted. And uh, it may have been what we were lacking. I'm not just, it wasn't non-existent when life groups started. But what I'm saying tonight is that I want to, us to internalize this principle. And in a sense, I'm, I don't want us to say, well, if we do... <laughs> You know, if we do it on July 25th and August the 8th, and, you know, we've kind of fulfilled that obligation. We kind of did what we were asked, and we had some folks over. Uh, this lesson is about renewing our hospitality long-term and how we may examine how we do this with one another. And so, in a sense, it's a challenge to us because we are very busy people. I know that. And we travel a lot. But I believe deep down, you wish you could work your life and schedule to where you could have people over or ask them out for a meal. And you'd li actually like to get to know some other people within our congregation. You know, in a sense, we have, you've heard it said before, uh, I, I've suggested A through, what, M inviting L through Y, or A through L inviting M through Y. Uh, I may have, should have suggested 8 o'clock inviting 10.30 and 10.30 inviting 8 o'clock because that's a whole set of folks as well, if, especially if you're not attending Bible class. But I believe you would like to actually get to know others, actually step outside our comfort zone, Certainly try it for one Sunday. Someone may be at the other time. Someone may be 20 years older than you. Someone may be 20 years younger than you or of a different uh, ethnicity or, like I said, a newcomer as well to step outside and do that because we want to help you do that. We want to make it a bit easier. Uh, um, this uh, idea about inviting even... Uh, Someone you don't know, that's just going through the directory may be a call for you. You know, we're not, Laura and I are not going to invite the Hoopers because we've been to football games with them. We've watched Tennessee lose all over the South Central Conference together. And uh, we've been on a cruise with uh, Steve and Ruth Ann, so we won't be inviting Steve and Ruth Ann. We'll be trying to invite people that uh, we want to get to know a little better. Is it going to be perfect? Is it going to work out? Um, in fact, if we hold to the A through L, inviting M through Y, uh, then uh, you may say, well, I'm, I didn't get an invitation, and so I'm not inviting someone when my Sunday comes around. Well, that's, uh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But I don't know if Mrs. Goff is still living or not, my second grade teacher. But I appreciate her teaching me Mikasa as Sukasa. But I have the church to thank for knowing what that phrase really means. And there are a lot of great things at McDermott Road. But let me ask, is there hospitality? Is there hospitality? Romans 12 and verse 13 says to seek hospitality. In other words, to intentionally do that. Well, let's find out here in a couple of weeks. And as I said, hopefully a, an admonition for it to continue in the months to come. Let's pray together as we dismiss. Lord, thank you that we have some time together tonight in fellowship. Father, we pray for our church, uh, the things that we do need to renew and to uh, restart within our lives. Father, we pray that uh, uh, we'll do these things out of love and out of care for each other. Father, help us to realize relationships are what, what go deeper than anything external. And Father, we pray for this church to rise up and to embrace that. Bless us in all the other ways that uh, we try to serve you. Father, we thank you for every child here tonight and our kids at camp and the different things that are taking place in so many good ways. Uh, walk with us. Bless our leadership and the decisions we continue to make. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen.